1: What's wrong I, got, 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 I got nothing I'm for you. But what, what, what's wrong with you? Leave, you. walk. You. 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 You're not angry. How y'all feel this morning? Leave, walk. I, I feel what? That's how I feel. Well, that was enough for me. We could have had the benediction right there. That was
0: so good. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here as always with Captain Peppa Jack. <laughs> Josh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a, it sounds yeah. like
1: man. You're okay. First of all, can we praise the Lord that mm-hmm. Josh is in one piece right now?
0: Let's let's, let's praise the let's, Lord for that. Let's give a little, yeah, burr,
1: burr. yeah <laughs> a little, little, little ham in, <laughs> little ham in Oregon there. Yeah, I need HB Charles know, to dude. Like, hype me up. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so f- for those that don't know what Jack is talking about, or that maybe don't have social media or don't follow us on Twitter or something like that, I was uh, over uh, last week. So when this episode drops, it would have been a week ago, mm-hmm. Wednesday or something like that. Um, pretty bad uh, car accident. Yeah, um, I was merging onto I five south. I want to I want to go on record and say <laughs> right now that it's not my fault. I was not at fault. Well, the record will I show was, that you were not at fault. So yes, it will. Yeah. <laughs> so, in your face. My my, my premium's not going <laughs> yep. up. This is going to show that I wasn't uh-huh. at fault. But I was uh, I was merging onto I five south, um, heading to work, and got rear ended. So I was at a standstill and and uh, got rear ended quite quite badly. Uh, Totaled the car. Mm -hmm. So, uh, stove the complete back of the car in, then sent me flying forward. It flying forward into, of all things, a brand spanking new Tesla. Like, uh, dude, so I was sandwiched between like this nice, like brand new Prius. And a brand new Tesla, and here's my 2011 Camry, (laughs) just the cream in between the two cookies. Yeah, Uh, not uh, knocked me out for a few seconds. Uh, I came to with like my legs like up on the dashboard. I didn't know I was that flexible for one. So you know, I'm thinking of maybe becoming a yoga instructor or something. (laughs) (laughs) But it broke my seat, bent my wheel. Like the car is completely totaled. Yeah, Um, I, I am, I'm fine. I'm really sore. Yeah, um, my back is pretty jacked up, so I'm going to need some chiropractic care for that. Mm. But yes, praise the Lord, I'm I'm okay, I'm alive. But uh, I'm I'm moving a little slower right now, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you
1: moving slow. I mean. It feels like the jovialness kind of got shot out of you a little bit in that car wreck too. I'll be back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll be gotta, back. I'll be back. Josh
1: has to go back yeah. into Rocky mode. He's got to go over to Russia to fight yeah. Ivan Drago, <laughs> aka right. the
0: the demons in his body right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it'll be it'll be a little bit, but but uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm alive. The Lord is good. Mm. Um, escaped with just minor injuries, minor scratches, and. Uh, uh, a jacked up back. So yeah. All in all, I'm I, I'm I'm happy. That's as that's as bad as it got. Yeah. So. I mean, but Jack. Yeah. We are we are we are true businessmen mm. in that. And that, you know The show must go on. The train don't stop. The show must go on, my friend. Like we have a responsibility to our to our to our listeners, to our patrons, right? The show does not stop. This train does not stop. So that we we are here doing radio, uh, come rain or shine or uh, come being rear ended Uh by a Prius. Exactly. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. But Jack, my friend, before we hop into today's topic, yes. why don't you give us the reformatory cigar of the week? What do you What do you have for us today, ladies and
1: gentlemen? I'm going to go back to something. Since Josh is kind of the, under the weather, so to say, we need to go back to the yeah. tried and true cigars mm. that we love. Okay, we need kicking it old school. We need to We need to have that, you know, little comfort cigar, if you will. You know how you got comfort food? We got comfort cigars. Mm-hmm. And this cigar is probably one of the best cigars I've ever smoked in my life, people. It came out, and it was much... I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, is this really happening? (laughs) Are they really making this cigar or not? This is a... I feel like this is a two-parter. So this is from Foundation Cigars. This is the Mm, David. The David... The Tabernacle? The David Perfecto, people. Okay, if you were ever to smoke... Just a tried and true cigar. And you have about ten to twelve dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like your everyday smoke right here. It's not very long to like puff on to smoke. It's a nice cigar. Like you're talking Nicaraguan tobacco here, people. You're talking Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper. Okay. You're talking all of, you're talking Mexican San Andreas binder here. Okay. This is like, if, if, if it was recorded that God ever made a cigar in the garden, this would be it, people. <laughs> this, would this would be, be it. it. Right here. Okay. This yeah. is, man, what can I say about the cigar? This, this cigar has, it's this and it's the Goliath. I think, I don't know what you like more, Josh, the Goliath or the David.
0: I I I am more of a Goliath guy mm-hmm. than I am the David but the David's fantastic yeah. like I'm not I'm not I'm not going to crap on the David <laughs> at all. I like the Goliath cuz cuz I mean obviously it, you know it, it's a little larger, a little longer of a smoke. But that David, man, like keep going, buddy. Yeah. That's a good stick.
1: Yeah. so this cigar, man, it, it came out and I was a little surprised when it first came out um because I thought it was a joke at first. I can't remember if it came out around Easter or when it came out. But man, it was like, I'm like, I gotta smoke the cigar. Anything anything biblically themed, you have to kind of smoke to get like, mm-hmm. okay, can we really call this the David or do we gotta call I mean, it something yeah. else? We here, have to, we have to try it. We have to know. <laughs> so um I like you're gonna get um some different flavors here. I usually get when I smoke the cigar, a lot of It's not too earthy forward, but I will say it is kind of like, honestly, I would smoke this in the morning. I would smoke, this is a breakfast cigar, um, but also it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an every time of day, but I would say either breakfast or dessert is when I would smoke this. Um, You know, you can save your Toros for, for lunch or something like that. And so honestly, it's got that. It's got, like, these coffee notes. It's got, like, some sweetness to it here and there from that San Andreas tobacco as well, too. Um, It's got everything. What can I say? This could be, if you like perfectos, too, if you don't like very longer uh, Mm -hmm. smokes, like, I feel like this is the cigar for everybody because it doesn't take that long to smoke, and it's so enjoyable, and it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, a really good how can I say it? A really good like eight ounce filet mignon. If I'm gonna, yeah. if I'm gonna yeah. equate it to like a food item, so very solid, yep. very good. This is always five out of five for me. It's probably five out of oh, five yeah. for both of us to be quite honest. So,
0: it absolutely is. And and you know that's that's par for the course with Foundation. Yeah, Foundation has some good sticks. So if you have the opportunity, go find the Foundation. Uh, uh, David Perfecto by Foundation, fantastic stick. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So, my friend. Yes. We we have a... We, we have <laughs> trifling going we, on. <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. We got The drama never stops. <laughs> <laughs> the drama never stops. So... Uh, we are going to dip our our toes into a topic that, as of yet, we have not talked about, and and for good reason. Yeah, um, I think Jack and I might have different uh, different reasons for not. I'm going to I'm going to share mine. So the the topic of of Christian nationalism right now is a really hot topic for a lot of people, and it's a topic that carries with it a lot of emotion um, because of the the beliefs that people tie to the topic, yeah. right? And you have people on both sides of the spectrum um, uh. <laughs> and then people in the middle, right? Now, we're not just going to tackle Christian nationalism as a whole on this topic, on this, because one of, one of my issues with this topic, and again, you know, this falls into one of the reasons why I haven't dived into it in terms of sharing my opinion, is because it seems as if everyone and their brother has a different definition for what Christian nationalism is. Yeah. And for some people it's just patriotism. For some people it's theonomy. For some people on the other side on the on the other side it's 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 being a Nazi, right? And it's fascism. Yeah. And you just and you can't you can't nail down a Singular definition to go off of, and that makes it very, very difficult to either affirm or critique, right? Because some definitions I'm going to be like, Yeah, you know, I kind of like, I kind of get that. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from, might not call it that, but I agree yeah. with the premise, right? Other definitions I'm like, Absolutely not. That is so far away from what I believe as a Christian. Um, that I can't be associated with that whatsoever right so that's that's the inherent problem, jack yeah, that I have with this topic of Christian nationalism, which is why I think i you know I want to broaden it out a little bit, sure and have a greater conversation perhaps about you know you know general 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 when when we start to see mm-hmm. political idealism yeah infiltrate the local church or infiltrate our theology. I think we see some very specific consequences. But I want to throw it over to you first, Jack. Do you you resonate with my sentiments about this topic, or have you landed on a, no, this is what it means, and this is what I think? It is so, yeah, it's just very,
1: it's it's so difficult in our day and age now because I think... Mm -hmm. um, we have we don't have like a uh, we have a very postmodern way of looking at definitions today. Like it's mm, not something sure. that we could go to and say, OK, Nazism is this, you know, back in World War II, when we dealt with the Nazis in World War II, that was the enemy. We could define them. We could understand who they were, what their beliefs were, everything like that. I feel like postmodernism has kind of injected its way into us, even understanding what is actual, you know, heresy to a certain effect. Some Mm -hmm. people. Sure. And then it starts to kind of creep in in different ways, and you can't really put your finger on it until it starts to creep in to like co opting. Christian things that we we know and love, like scripture, like the Lord's Day, like many mm-hmm. different things that we love, right? So mm-hmm. I think for one example, I'm going to use one example from the early church. A lot of things have happened in the early church, and I'm just going to use an interesting way of looking at it. So the early church, when they did councils... So, like for instance, the Council of Chalcedon. Chalcedon was really important. Um, some people call it like one of the most important ecumenical councils because there were so many heresies that they had to can had to counteract and everything like that. Mm. Part of Chalcedon was that <laughs> the council actually excommunicated um, Pope Pope Vigilius. And if you thought the church was Roman Catholic back then, that makes a whole lot of sense that it wasn't. And really that move wasn't necessarily because he didn't, you know, he didn't adhere to what the council was saying about the Trinity and all these theological things. It's because there's a lot of politicizing that happens sometimes in those councils that a lot of people don't know about which it's, we got to put the olive branch out to these people in order to get them on our team. And it's like, nah, we're not doing that. And so it's interesting to see that happen in the early church, because honestly, the schism that happened at 1054 was very political. It had nothing to do with theology. One guy insulted another guy and they split it apart. That was about it, people. That's that, this is how that, things happen. <laughs> that
0: that never happens today. We don't have that happening today. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. So see, this is how like when we get too political and we get too politicized in who we want on our team and how we want yeah. to like get them on our team, it mm-hmm. starts to very it starts to muddy the water of our understanding
0: of what things are that we know and yeah. love. So, yeah. I think I think it's important to to state kind of here early on too is is I know a lot of the theology because I have I have I have studied it not 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 to not not to any you know not to the extent that that many you know much smarter individuals than me have but but I I do see this Christian nationalism as being a a a topic that is embraced by I'm not going to say all because I don't want to. Broad, broad, broad brush, but but a lot of post millennialists, sure, because of the, the. Because of the theology that they have, right, and you know Jack and I would agree with our, excuse me, would disagree with our our post millennial brothers and sisters. Uh, we're not of that es- um that that eschatological v- viewpoint, but based on the theology of our post mill brethren, it makes sense. That reclaiming, if you will, the country of America for Christ, is an attractive, uh, you know, mission for them to 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 embark on. Yeah. Right. So so I I I want to I want to be very clear here in that we we separate the conversations because I think is important. I think there's. You know, although I disagree with post millennialism as a as a viewpoint, yeah, I can still have much unity with my post mill brethren. Sure, and I love them. Sure, right. Even though I I disagree, <laughs> um, I think when when Jack and I are talking about the dangers of allowing politics mm-hmm. and political movements and political restructuring, when when we're talking about those, we we do want to make a distinction, so that we're not throwing the entire, you know, the entire our the entire uh, a swath of post mails under the bus. Yeah. And that's not our intent. That's not what we're wanting to do. Yeah, I make the case that no matter what eschatol s, es, well, I'm eschatological I'm sorry, <laughs> eschatological eschatological. Thank you. <laughs> that, whatever the eschatological <laughs> view you have, it there is a danger. Mm-hmm. Of being distracted by politics, yeah. Right, and I see uh, this as one of those one of those topics. So again, I want to I want to make that clear that as as we're talking about this, I think the discussion between Christian nationalism and post millennialism are two separate conversations. Sure, I guess at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and just because I'm critiquing one does not mean I'm critiqu- I'm critiquing the other. Yeah. Uh, and i think i think those are two separate combos that that need to, that need to be had yeah. here and i'm not i'm not going to i'm not interested in critiquing or focusing on post-millennialism yeah. because honestly like it's a it's a viewpoint i disagree with but i can still have unity with yeah i don't i don't see that causing lots of issues within the church i see christian nationalism and the things that are being said, and the things that are that 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 are kind of coming up from that as fruit, as something to talk about, uh, just by means of, hey, maybe you know we should think about these things in maybe a maybe, you know maybe a a different light. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: and I think there's two ways that we can look at it. I think one of them is back from history. So mm-hmm. our particular Baptist brethren back in England had to deal for all intensive purposes with a church that was co-opted by the government and they could not Mm -hmm. worship the way that they could worship in England. That's a fact. That's why we have the 1689 when it was actually Mm -hmm. written in 1677. So a lot of people are like, why don't we just change it to the 77? And it's like, well, it's kind of has a ring and and 1689 you know, is you know. is the, 1689 it's all about it's all yeah, about branding is the date <laughs> in which they passed the act of toleration so that yeah. particular baptists could worship openly and freely in england and so right. let's be honest about this what i'm seeing out of christian nationalism and even today on it's twitter it's basically
0: the reform it's basically the reform baptist 4th <laughs> of july it's <laughs> basically what it is. Um, Sixty-nine is the fourth. It's the seventeen seventy-six of Reformed Baptists, <laughs> to a certain extent. To a certain extent, <laughs> yeah. um,
1: I would say that it could be our Exodus. Uh, you could also say it like that. There we go. Well, there we let's go. go. go let's right, go back into the promised further. land yeah. of freedom. So, <laughs> but you could be you could be honest in the fact that if you have that, and you have people that are saying that they're Christian nationalists and saying that they want to execute heretics, where is your standard of which you're going to do that? Because by today's standards of what I saw on social media, that standard is the KJV Bible. And if you don't agree with that, (laughs) no, it's not only the KJV, it's the New Testament KJV.
0: So you need to explain. You need to explain to the people what you're referencing, because some people yeah. are going to be like, "What? What are you talking about? So, was, you're, you're referencing yeah. a specific Bible that was released. So there right? was a
1: specific Bible that was called the Christian Nationalist Bible. Mm-hmm. That was specifically it was branded, put it on a plastic lunchbox, and you sell it. You're going
0: to sell it. It's like it's like, Malcolm. It's like in Jurassic it's, Park. It's like, it's like the archaeologist's yeah. Bible. So you know? <laughs> yeah. Or the golfer's Bible. <laughs> exactly. So
1: it's like, okay, you put you put Christian nationalists on a Bible, but it's the mm-hmm. the only thing that's in it is the New Testament. And which is odd. Which is odd. Yeah. And that leaves me to say, if you're only going to have the New Testament as your biblical reference, and that's it, you say, then I would say you're a heretic. By all Mm. extensive purposes of what we've seen in church history and how the canon was developed, you are leaving out a massive group of people that contributed, not only contributed, but basically were, in all intensive purposes, and even Jesus himself, the Jewish people were the foundation in which God laid so that the church could be built up. And so if you're going to get rid of the Old Testament— out of the bible like you're on par with marcion who was denounced by every single church father on the planet who's a her- who was literally said you are a heretic plain and simple and literally every I mean, dude on this planet who's a church father back in the 2nd century was like wrote a book on this dude i'm not even lying <laughs> like he was like the so, most vilified
0: guy on the planet at the time so does this mean andy stanley is a christian nationalist <laughs> Is that what this means? So that's the thing. The- Does he have the Christian nationalist Bible? <laughs> but that's the other thing too,
1: is like this can be this can be this can go both ways here, people. So just like Josh said, you can you can be a Christian nationalist and get rid of the Old Testament and be a heretic. And you could be a progressive Christian, so to say, and get rid of most of yeah, sure. most of, if not all, the Bible and still be a heretic. Sure. It don't matter. Sure. Like it yeah. goes back to what we the pendulum swings. Yeah, It goes back to what we said uh, a couple episodes ago. The cross will offend both sides and it will do it effectively in which that sacrifice will apply to the certain people that God has chosen to basically come forth and be a part of his family and if it means kind of sifting out this chaff right now then so be it people. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, that's, I think that's, that's the interesting part of the convo, too. And, and, and this is where, I think this next part of the discussion is where our, our post millennial brothers and sisters will disagree with us. And sure. it's because we have, we have different views, right? So trigger warning if you're post mill, you're not going to like what's coming up, uh, but we still love you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I think one, one of, it's not. I don't think it's the greatest. I'm not going to go all. I'm not going to go all Owens stran, Strand. Straight. I, I never remember how to say. His last o. Name. I think it's. Strand. Just gonna go I think o. it's <laughs> we're just going to go with Little We're just going to call him Little O. I'm not going to go full Little O and say this is the greatest threat to the gospel today. Right. Um. However, I do think one of the main ways that the church today the local church today is losing its focus on why we are here and what we're supposed to be doing is the infatuation that we have with politics. Yeah. We are enamored by the political landscape that we live in today. Yeah. And as much as people are trying to utilize politics in a way that influences the culture or they view politics as a way that we're going to get this country back on track or get us closer and more in line with scripture. I believe all it is doing at this point is distracting us from the mission that Christ has given to his people. And that is to go into the world and make disciples. Mm -hmm. I think we see so much evidence in scripture of this world this culture, this society that we live in as not being our home. This isn't our final destination. Mm-hmm. We are simple pilgrims walking through this Vanity Fair. Yeah. And if we remember Pilgrim's Progress, Vanity Fair was there to distract them with all of the trinkets and all of the wares and all of the shiny things that they had to offer. All right? I think if we're going to call out the popular pop-up stands in our cultures today— that are being utilized by the enemy to distract the pilgrim off the path. Yeah. I think politics, specifically American politics, would have an entire row of pop up oh, stands. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's that is one of the issues and one of the concerns that I see with this christian nationalism talk is because so much of it so much of it revolves around changing a political landscape yeah and so much of it is is viewed through changing uh this part an aspect of culture of government that in my again in my opinion it like, it's not going to change i see scripture i see evidence of the longer, the longer we are alive, the more, def- the more despicable this culture becomes. Sure, to the point where Christ will return and torch it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> now again, I know you know the <laughs> that's where I'm going to differ with my post mill brethren. I I don't think it's going to get better. Yeah, I don't see that. I'm not convinced of that in Scripture, and I think that. Because I have that view, and I believe that's the view scripture teaches, we I see this distraction in our churches today, and mm-hmm. it 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 drastically worries me because yeah. of how enticing and how 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 insidious it is in the way that it captures the hearts and the minds, especially of young zealous Christians. Yeah. Because it gives them a reason to fight. It gives them a tangible reason to be called to arms and to fight. Yeah. And I think there's a lot there that needs to be tempered with wisdom that's not. Yeah. Absolutely. Right?
1: Yeah, and I mean I mean let's go even back to scripture, how scripture talks to believers. How the apostles talk to believers. The apostle mm-hmm. Peter calls believers elect exiles. Mm. He he yeah. uses this language, and let's talk about how Paul talks about believers. Your citizenship is of heaven. Like, he doesn't say, like, your citizenship is of the Roman Empire, even though he mm. was a citizen of the Roman Empire, and kind of leveraged that to, mm-hmm. to be savage to people,
0: <laughs> especially yeah, the absolutely. emperor. Um, yeah. But...
1: Yeah. Even, um, I would say even this, like when you look at the landscape of church history and you look at how Christians lived in different places in the Roman Empire, it it is vastly different than I think what people think of. Um, you really don't have a mass, because I think people equate the early church to being persecuted to the extent of how German-Jewish people were persecuted during the Holocaust. Mm. You just don't see that necessarily. You see that maybe a couple different times with certain emperors where they did lay the hammer down and they said, anybody who identifies as a Christian, we're killing them. Right? Right. But you see in really like the first and second centuries um, and kind of leading up to the third century, there's a couple little blips but even the the governing forces of the Roman Empire really don't know how to interact with Christians. The mm. first major event that happens where Christians were what you would say persecuted or killed for their faith yeah. was in modern-day Turkey. And you had a guy named Pliny the Younger who basically was like, these Christians are meeting. Other people are saying, like, they're not— Confessing to the genius of Caesar. Mm-hmm. They're not pledging allegiance to Caesar. What do we do with these people? And then you have that question start to arise. It wasn't until this yeah. is a 100, 110 AD maybe that this happens. And even mm-hmm. you that de- even before then you had Polycarp who who definitely did that. He's like, I'm not confessing to the genius of Caesar. And he gets burned alive in the middle of a Roman stadium. <laughs> so Yeah. It goes back to even how we interact with the government and how we even believe ourselves to be citizens, a part of this government. So are we kind of, and this is how I view myself. If the United States of America was, was taken over by another nation. Yeah. We would be subjects, whatever you may call of that different nation. We're still alive. We're still the church. So, (laughs) I mean, this literally happens sometimes in different nations. Like you had Christians living in different places. They got conquered by the Roman Empire. Okay, the Roman Empire is taking over. We're still the church, people. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah the church in Ukraine has to decide you know yeah. has to deal with well we' the Ukrainian church or we're the Russian Church you know yeah depending on how Russia wants to do things or the church in China or the church in North Korea, right like you know you had you had Christians in Germany that had to now figure out how to be the church in Nazi Germany right yep. it, it, look the the church has always and will always be persecuted, but the church has always thrived through persecution. Right. When the going gets tough, the church the church explodes. That's that that's what we see. Right. And I think that there's I think there's a misnomer that that thinks in order in order to keep the local church intact, in order to keep the gospel, the gospel thriving, we need to somehow bring America back. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. where I I respectfully disagree. Yeah. In that I'll say this. I think one of the best things that could happen to the American church is to be persecuted. And I'm not talking the persecution that people have claimed over the last couple yeah. of years where there's mean Facebook comments or, you know, things things of that sort. I'm talking real persecution because I look at the health of the church and the, the zeal of the church, the passion of the church to, to, to share the gospel under the threat of death. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in America. Now, I am very thankful. I'm very thankful to the Lord in His grace and for His love in providing me the freedoms that I have that I have sure. here in America. Yeah, right. I'm thankful for free speech. I'm thankful for the Constitution. I, I'm thankful for all that. I'm, I'm I'm very grateful, and I'm grateful for the men and women that have sacrificed so much to keep that intact. However. Yes, thank you, Jack. <laughs> that is a that is a nod to you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes, oh, yeah, man. I am. I I I genuinely am. But freedom has made us lazy. Mm. Freedom freedom has made us complacent. Sure. Freedom has made the American church feel as if they have the ability to rest on their laurels because well, there's always tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Persecution comes with its own set of issues. Yeah. But we seem to think that freedom doesn't. Uh And we need to understand that the freedoms that we have and the freedoms that we are fighting so hard to preserve, they're coming with a set of issues that I don't think anybody wants to address. Yeah. And it makes you lazy. Yeah. Because you don't have to worry about somebody kicking your door in if you're having Sunday morning service in your house, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about being thrown in prison and tortured because you're sharing the gospel with your doctor yeah. or someone in the market. You don't have to worry about being separated from your family and being killed on a beach somewhere because you refuse to deny the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The most you have to worry about is mean Facebook comments.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or, or not even that. Verbal stuff. That's where we're, that's where we're at today. Yeah. Now, could it get worse? Yeah, it could. It could. But if it does, that's going to purify the church. And it's going to show me who's real and who's fake. And it's going to get the posers out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to keep the committed, the elect. And we're going to see, perhaps for the first time in America, who's real and who's fake. Yeah. That's what persecution does. Yeah. Now, am I? Am I? Do I want persecution? Am I here? Like, <laughs> bring on the persecution. No, I'm not. I'm not a sadist. Yeah. Right. I don't. I. I don't want that. But we need to understand that through the fire of persecution comes the purity that the church needs. Yeah. And there's so much effort being being put right now jack into bringing america back to being a christian nation and changing our political climate and in all honesty i think that falls under 2 timothy chapter 2 verse 4 or let's start in verse 3 paul says to timothy he says share in suffering as a good soldier of christ jesus mm-hmm. no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him? Mm-hmm. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crop crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I think so much of the American church today is distracted by civilian affairs. Oh, absolutely. And we're putting so much effort and so much time and so much commitment into things that at the end of the day don't matter. Yeah. We've become distracted, and I think that's one of the major issues and concerns I see with this whole Christian nationalism movement. Wherever, wherever you know, whatever side you fall on, mm-hmm. I don't think we're doing a good job at identifying the issues that are co- that that's coming with it.
1: I'll give you a, a good illustration about the civilian affairs thing, which I was talking to somebody mm-hmm. about. Um, if you join the American military, primarily the army. Certain places will have certain missions, and I remember when I joined the military, the Army especially, and I knew I was going to get eventually uh, stationed to Fort Lewis, to JBLM here, um, just south of Tacoma in Washington State. I knew that there was a particular set mission it had in the past, and I knew that going forward, it was almost like somewhat of a rotating maybe QRF sometimes. From different units Mm. at JBLM. Okay. And so we would have drills to where it'd be two in the morning and you get a phone call and it'd be like, you need to report with all of your gear to this place right now. And they would not tell us sometimes if it was a drill or if it Mm -hmm. was real-world scenario. Uh That (laughs) that type of readiness, (laughs) that type of I would say it doesn't matter if you're in a, a military, if you're a soldier or not, you just need to be ready for when it comes because it mm-hmm. could come and it could not come. And in the meantime, sure. if it does come, the army was, we always had training. We, was, we always had training cycles and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Paul is so particular. And even every single author of the new Testament is so particular in the way that they talk to believers, like be ready, be prepared. This could possibly happen, right? Like stuff could possibly happen. And when it does happen, you need to be prepared for those moments. And so I think what Josh and I are talking about is the same type of frame of mind. When when if and we're gonna use something that's really close to home, if Washington State, this could be a possibility. Even even a city. Yep. Let's say Seattle. Seattle decides to say all people who adhere to a Christian denomination are therefore kicked out of this city.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, okay, why? (laughs) So something's got to happen politically in order for that to come usually. Right. And the way our state is, it's coming faster down the pike than, than Josh and I are ready for sometimes maybe. Sure, so yeah, absolutely. If that day would come, how is the church going to show up? Is the mm-hmm. church going to show up and just say, "All right, forget this. We're done. Let's go home. Let's pack our bags. We're out of here." Or does the church say, "Hold up. Wait a minute. Like, what are you doing? like, why why are you kicking mm-hmm. us out of this city? Like sure. we are and then then you have to use kind of more an of an dended way to basically fight for the fact that no, like I am made in the image of God and we have natural rights to exist sure. and to live. Sure. We paid for all this stuff. Yeah. We paid for our houses. We paid for this. You can't just kick us off right. our land. I mean, yeah, yeah, our property yeah. And, and, and in I that think, sense,
0: <laughs> and I think, I think there you see the appropriate. I think that would be a very appropriate, uh, an appropriate time for the church to be engaged in the political in the political sure. landscape, right? Yeah, like, like, like you know, Jack and I aren't aren't saying we're not saying that the church that Christians should have nothing to do with politics. That, that that's not what we're saying, right? You, you still need to vote. You need to be a good citizen. You need to vote according to the truths given in Scripture, right? Like there are we are living in america to where decisions are made politically and as far as is up to us live at peace with you know everyone that's in your land and i think honor the emperor and that means voting that means being a good citizen all those things like we're not saying just abandon politics what we're saying is don't view politics as your hope yeah don't let that be your mission to change don't view it as the thing that's going to finally make it so that the gospel can be preached freely in America yeah right the gospel's never free to preach <laughs> it always comes with a cost right and that that's what we're talking yeah. about is don't don't become distracted by it there's so much Jack there's so much more there's there's so much more worthy things for all of that zeal. And all that passion and all that energy to be directed toward. Yeah. And it's your church. Yeah. It's your people. If you want real change to happen, if you want things to actually get better, and you want to actually see see the gospel going forth in your community, I don't think it's going to be done through politics. No. I think it's going to be done through the faithful striving of the many hands that comprise God's church. That's where change is going to happen. That's what we put our energy into. Yeah.
1: And I'll give you an example too recently of what I saw Um, in a country that is, their Christians are experiencing real persecution every single day. Um, In China, if your church does not give or adhere to, the chinese communist party's laws on existing as a church your church will be destroyed plain and simple yeah and i think it is a recent book if i'm not mistaken um where it chronicles a pastor in china who actually went through this but uh, i know for certain i have seen videotape of churches local churches in china who said nope we are not submitting to this. This is not the gospel. We are not doing this. We will not yeah. betray who God is. We will not mm-hmm. denounce who we are as Christians. And they got rounded up and they got taken out of their church and their church got literally dynamited, like blown up yeah. to smithereens, the church building did. And in that yeah. moment you could say all hope is lost. It's interesting. This is kind of like the the epistle to the Hebrews when the Hebrew people saw like the temple, a lot of them saw like all hope is lost. Like yeah, the temple is destroyed, that's it. If you read yeah. Hebrews, it gives you such a hope of what we really should take stock in, which is the mm-hmm. fact that even Peter talks about this too. We are spiritual bricks in this house we call the church. Like each mm-hmm. one of us is is building up into this temple, right? This imagery. So that he says, you don't really need this building. Like, you are part of actually a building, which is Mm -hmm. the local church, which should give you even more hope (laughs) because your hope is not in material things, right? Um, Your hope is in the one who's going to come. The hope is in the one who is not seen yet, but he will come again seen. And he will bring justice like you done never seen before Mm -hmm. and so i think that that's what we need to get back to in the united states to be quite honest like i think i think there's been issues and stuff like that of we got to go back to meeting in a building and we got to go back to this it's like guys just pivot if we don't know how to pivot now if we don't know how to pivot during covid we done in trouble (laughs) <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we done in yeah, trouble, y'all. exactly.
0: <laughs> well, you got to know how to pivot, and you, and you got to know how not to be distracted. Yeah, you got to know how what you know how to decide what's worth putting energy into. And I will say, right.
1: and, I will say just a shout out because I know this brother had like once this stuff cracked down, he was one of the most steadfast dudes I saw who was just like I'm pivoting. So, brother Rudy, brother Rudy Rubio, mm. down in California. That dude had everything thrown at him by the government. And you know what he did? He said, you know what? Pivot, 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 pivot. To the point where they were doing Lord's Day services out in the middle of a middle school parking lot. And he was amplifying himself. And the show still went on, people. It's still, Mm -hmm. the church still marched on. And I, I don't know if more believers came out of it or what. But man, that dude was Every single Lord's Day, I saw that man. He'd get up on that stage. There was cars in the parking lot. He would preach the gospel. Communion would be served. Everything. That dude was not stopping. He pivoted. And you know what? He kept going forward. And if we don't know how to pivot (laughs) like real persecution when real persecution
0: happens, I don't know if we're going to be ready for that. Yeah. if we can't just yeah. pivot no, during that
1: time. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, no. Absolutely, he didn't get distracted. He kept he kept the local church the focus. He's like, "I have a job to do and it's to invest in my local church and to keep this going. That's what I'm putting my focus and my energy into." Right? And I think you saw the fruit there. And and I think that's the point. I think that's what we need to be doing. All right? If you're if you're if if you're a very a very patriotic patriotic individual, awesome. Nothing wrong with that. If you, you know, want to, you know, be involved in the political landscape, nothing wrong with that. That that that's fine. Don't be distracted, and don't think that the hope of the church is found in those things. Right? Your involvement with your local church, your commitment to your local church, should pale. It should 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 pale all of those things. Mm -hmm. It needs to be primary. Yeah because that's where the true change is going to come. Right? So, this all this Christian nationalism talk, all of this all these things that seem to be popping up that everyone loves arguing about, everyone loves having an opinion about. I think it would behoove us as reformed biblical Christians to take a step back mm-hmm. and ask the question, is this actually increasing my desire, my love, my commitment to furthering the mission of the church, investing in my local church, caring for my brothers and sisters, or is this pulling me away from that? Yeah. Is it distracting my heart? Is it distracting my mind? Is it distracting my speech? Is it taking the, the effort and the energy that I have that could be spent on my brothers and sisters and it's being placed in something else? I think that's a question all of us need to ask, not just with Christian nationalism, yeah, right? absolutely, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But literally anything, yeah. You know your job, right? And uh, you know, you know your your the the work that you do, the 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 times that 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 you're you know enjoying you know recreation, you know, just it, it, I think it's it's a good question to ask just across the board, yeah. So we don't want to be distracted, Christians. We don't want to be we don't want to be distracted by civilian affairs. We want our effort and our time, and our passions to be devoted to something that matters. And I can't think of anything that is more worthy of your time, your talent, and your treasure than your local church. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all I got to say about that. Yep. I think big Cause I, I think cause my back I think Big Eva has and, and, done some. I, I want to so go, go, <laughs> go, go. lay down. <laughs> Jack, I need to lay down. Bon,
1: bonus episode. Josh is going uh, <laughs> to be inverted, and we're just inverted. He's going to have yeah. a microphone up his face. All right, Jack. What do we need to talk about here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, hurry up. All the blood's rushing to my head.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate Josh and I's continue to make the local church central into the believer's life, you too can follow us more on the sociables, if you will. If if you thought it was a done dumpster fire when we talked about Christian nationalism, you could go on those sociable platforms. I mean, I get and, it. Yeah. And still find many accoutrements of disaster, if you will. Um, but, That's right. But... In in the darkness, you may find our shining little light of the reformatory there on the the metaverse, the Facebook, if you will, on the Instagram that goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, or on the more, (laughs) how do I say, on the more reformed and interesting site called the tweaker, the Twitter, the little blue bird That's site, right. the absolute. Absolutely. If you want the dumpster fires of dumpster fires, you can go on there. In any case, you can find all, uh, or you can find the reformatory at all of those sociable platforms at the tag at reformatory pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in further endeavors, like giving us a $5 hollow. So
0: absolutely. <laughs> you could give us a $5 holla. We have bonus content, bonus episodes multiple bonus episodes that goes up every single week over Exclusive. on our patreon and our patreon also gets some fun little pictures and videos that i make throughout the week as well like you yeah know, if i'm trying a new energy drink or if i get in a car wreck you know <laughs> things like that you know oh, you know when i when i'm seeing something interesting when jack feels like recording a funny <laughs> video our patrons get it all right. It's yeah. sent to the people that support us. So if you want to be part of the Cool Kids Club, if you want to come to the Podluck, because that's what we call it, uh, if you exclusive. want to be part of the exclusive inner circle, then you too could become a Patreon supporter. And our pledge to you for a $5 holla is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Last but not least, if you are listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to rate and review the podcast we ask that you do so we ask that you give us a little five stars for five solos we ask that you leave us leave us a little paragraph tell us tell us uh, tell us something about the pot tell us something about you we want to learn about you our listeners it would really help uh the podcast get out to more people we would really really appreciate that uh also something i've forgotten to mention jack we're on mm-hmm. youtube now yeah. Head on over to YouTube if you hey, want to hey, see hey. this episode in video. If you want to see the dumpster fire in 4K, baby. In, in 4K baby, <laughs> in 4K Not, K e- We're in 4K, baby. <laughs> Not even HD, dude. You can go see the Reformatory main episodes on uh, YouTube in 4K. Give us a like. Give us a, sub- give us a subscribe. Uh, just uh, YouTube slash the Reformatory pod. That would be fantastic. We'll see you over there on YouTube now. Big deals, Uh Jack. Big deals. Uh We thank you all for listening. I'm going to go lay down. We will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.